Hello Christ Church, it's good to be back. It's been a long time since we have hosted the podcast. We were just having a little internal conversation. Sounds like it's been two months, uh, but here we are in the fall and we wanted to continue on with this tradition of podcasts um, and for the same purpose. We want to introduce folks that are regular uh, parts of our body at Christ Church, get to hear a little bit of their story, and as always, pushing it through that lens of what does it look like to follow Jesus in our moment, and how are we doing that together? So today, uh, Addison and I have with us David Hobson. Hello, David. Hi there. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, David and his wife, Sarah, along with their three kids, Mir- Miriam, Sophia, and Alex, mm-hmm. Uh, have been at Christchurch for... I I think we're going on two years. Yeah, going on... Yeah, year and a half or so. Yeah, 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 two-ish years in that. Um, And and part of that is just you had relocated back to West Michigan or to West Michigan. Uh, Why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of your history? Uh, I know you were a Wheaton College guy, and take it from there. Yeah, well, my wife and I, Sarah, um, and our three kids. We lived in Albania and Macedonia for almost eight years. Um, Sarah and I had worked in Albania uh, for a couple summers while we were in college, connected with a a local church there. This was a couple years after Albania had come out of communism and had gone through a civil civil war and then the breakup of Yugoslavia and the Kosovo crisis and the mass, you know, kind of the, the, the genocide and the Milosevic and all of that turmoil that mm-hmm. happened um, with the breakup of, of Yugoslavia and the kind of uh, redrawing of borders. So right. we, were, we were there uh, shortly after that, and so it was a real uh, tumultuous time uh, for the country of Albania. It really drew our hearts um, while we were in college. Um, Fast forward a few years, Sarah and I got married while in Chicago, um, a part of our church there. Um, I went back to school, went to Wheaton College for grad school. While Sarah worked, this was before our kids were born. Uh, our oldest daughter, Miriam, was born during that time and uh, started really thinking seriously about what the future would look like, thinking and praying, and felt that the Lord was leading us back to Albania, where we'd been involved in college. Um, so we made a trip back there when our oldest was nine months old and long story short, um, you know, felt that that, that is where the Lord was leading. And so we moved, moved there as a family. Actually at the time it was just four of us, uh, Miriam and Sophia. Uh, we moved there in the winter of 2010. Yeah. 2010, I believe. And then our youngest son, Alex was born while we were in Albania. We were working with a local Albanian church in, in the city of Korcha, southeast corner of Albania, near the Greek and Macedonian border. Hmm. We were we were there for four and a half years. Um, uh, we're involved in quite a, quite a number of things during that time, involved in the, the established Albanian church in the city we were living, and worked with a small group from that church to help get a youth program that then developed into a, a church plant in a neighboring town uh, going. So we were kind of involved in the very early stages of that and, you know, kind of worked with the local government and kind of explained who we were, what we were doing, did a lot of community community events and, and things like that. Um, then 
after four and a half years in Albania, we received an invitation to move, not really, um, but kind of in the same trajectory of what we've been doing all along, but to move four hours northeast to the capital neighboring um, country of, of Macedonia, the capital Skopje. Um, the country of Macedonia has a very large uh, Albanian population that um, strongly identifies as Muslim. Mm. Um, very few believers among the Albanian population in Macedonia. So we worked with a development organization there that did healthcare, economic, community development, really um, tried to show our faith through our work and mm. you know, meaningful engagement in in communities and schools and local government, um, had teams of Christian doctors and business folks that would come over and and help us with projects. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah, it's very meaningful. That's really so, good. That's great. So you were there. You guys did mission work for mm-hmm. about eight years, and then you you knew the next natural step was to come back and to join the police department, right? Right. That's what every missionary does when Absolutely. they're done with the, yep, the natural career path. <laughs> yep, Wheaton College into uh, police work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit about sort of that time and, and kind of sussing out what the Lord had for you guys next as you were thinking about, you know, what's good for my family, where we mm-hmm. headed, those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of in summary, we we came back, um, just a, a number of family things going on at the time. We realized we needed to make a, a fairly quick shift back to the to the U.S. We landed on Grand Rapids area because my wife's parents are in this area, so we felt like this would be uh, the logical place to, to land. I had never lived in Michigan before in my life, never never dreamed of living here nothing not that i had anything against michigan uh, i just right. never anticipated it uh we found ourselves in in uh, the grand rapids area and then needing to to make a career shift yeah. and uh and, and one fairly quickly because i had three young kids and and all of that so looked into a lot of things i prayed about a lot of things and um, the door that that most clearly opened was um into police work so I, um, I got into that, uh, the, let's see, this spring will be three years um, that I've been in, in, into law enforcement. So 2018. Yeah, yep, 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 exactly. So I uh, got hired at the city of Wyoming, and it's, it's, it's been quite a ride ever since. <laughs> but it's been a very good department to work for, and it's, you know, I've been thankful for it. As you were thinking about that, I mean, you obviously had given so much of your life to ministry, the gospel, all of that, and you you needed to make this change, but I'm sure some of those things didn't leave you. Like, as you were thinking about going into policing, and you were thinking about how to do that through a Christian lens, like, what were some of the things that excited you about that? Well, you know, quite honestly, the draw to public service yeah. um, mm-hmm. was was really the big thing that drew me to it. Um, so, um, I looked into it quite a quite a bit. I reached out to several friends that had gotten into law enforcement earlier on, and hey, how does this work? Did some ride-alongs with some local departments, and I and I realized, you know, I, I think I could do this well. It's it's very much. Uh, uh, a relational uh, job you you do need to be good with people mm. good at talking with people and and I felt like I could do that um, you're really 
dealing with with the public on a regular basis for all kinds of things and people having good days and bad days and complaints or you know gripes about city ordinances or you know, just the whole spectrum medical mm. issues or criminal activity it, it really was so varied and and also the fact that you could get into you know a variety of different things over over time you know the you know detective work or 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 you know different special assignments. So it seemed like it would be, it would be interesting. It would yeah. you know provide for the family. It'd be public service and. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean that's I love hearing that perspective that you had of just thinking about how and where the Lord is leading you and how He's getting you there. Like you said, some of it happened fairly quickly. I mean, you had to make a quick change, but. It wasn't as you just kind of jumped into it, you know, eyes closed. And but now you have a three-year, almost three-year perspective. You know what? What what has that been like? You know, obviously, twenty twenty is a whole different ball game. But maybe you can talk about the early years too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what has policing been like for you? What's your perspective now, and some of the things you've learned, and uh, and sort of where do you see the trajectory too? Yeah, um, well, certainly 2020 has been a surprise for all of us on right. just so many levels, and and I, you know, I don't think any of us could have anticipated all of the complexities this year has brought. Um, but just in general, I think even though I I felt like I really looked into the field um, extensively and maybe with more mature lenses than than people going into this field right out of college, um, there were just a lot of things I I didn't understand um, even though I felt I'd, I'd done my due diligence mm, there's just mm-hmm. a I realized pretty early on in this job I mean really you, you don't have to do this job for, for 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 more than a few months to realize there's just a lot more complexities than people realize myself included mm, right um, just decisions you have to make and implications of making decision a versus decision B allowing this to happen versus not and all, all of these things that that I just simply didn't realize <laughs> right yeah yeah so one of the things that you walked through and we were talking about this even at the time was just in 2020 and and those riots all of the uh, police law enforcement in the Grand Rapids area was called into that and you know part of what we're we're trying to avoid in, in our conversation today uh, and the, on the podcast is making like broad statements about anything from a political nature or anything like that. But we want to hear from you. I mean, you were, you were there, you had your name tag on, you were in the riots, called to do sort of things. What was that, what was that like? How did you, you know, what did you experience and then how did you process that as mm-hmm. a believer? It was it was quite an experience to say the least, and and I will say that um, though I I realized this prior to law enforcement, anyone that's gone through you know elementary, junior high, civics class realizes that you know law enforcement's job is to really protect people's uh, right to uh, freedom of speech and protest and 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 all of that, and so I'd been involved in just some smaller scale protests prior to that and and really our job as law enforcement is is just to keep the peace make sure you know any counter protesters that show up this is prior 2020 yeah, yeah. just everyone's safe as long as everyone's safe and just not 
with the the initially planned protest was was just to do that just to keep the peace make sure no one gets hurt and if anyone has a medical issue then we take care of it and then um, what we realized pretty quickly was that um, there were there were a lot of people that showed up downtown Grand Rapids that genuinely did just want to peacefully protest and they they like all officers that I know in the area were very very disturbed by what happened in Minneapolis and uh, you know many officers that I was with that evening while things were still peaceful had opportunities to speak with people like hey we're with you you know we're right. we share yeah. this um, we share the sentiment of, of, of what happened in Minneapolis and as, as completely you know egregious and and we are here to keep the peace we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're on board with that and so what we realized is that there were a lot of people that wanted to just make their voices heard which was great um but then we also realized fairly quickly that there are a lot of people that had other other motivations or other methods of doing that and, and things got out of hand pretty quickly and and they turned violent and destructive and as as the night went on it, it was just surreal I mean, yeah i think one of my colleagues rightly described it as as like living in an apocalyptic zombie movie mm. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, yeah that's, that's pretty much what it yeah. felt like you know yeah. 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 yeah i think that's such a helpful perspective because kind of speaking personally i don't want to project this on anyone else but like i was able to watch a lot of this from an arm's length distance mm -hmm. and so to hear you and a colleague talking about what that experience was like is helpful for me because mm -hmm. I just see it from not only an arm's length distance, but a particular perspective. It's what I've been shown and mm -hmm. you know, we're not going there, but that's really helpful, I think, for people to hear. So, you know, part of what Andrew had asked too, is just what was like, what, what's it like to follow Jesus? I think about this podcast and our theme as brothers in Christ here and sisters that are listening to this. I mean, how do you really wrestle with some of the, the turmoil, you know, mm -hmm. Mental health is a big conversation right now. You know, you had mentioned off script before just the rise and, and some of the violent crimes and things that like how what's that like for you and your family as you guys try and follow Jesus through all of this, right? I mean you can't just set it aside. You have to be able to filter that through your lens as a believer. What's that been like for you and your family? Oh, it's just been smooth sailing all along. <laughs> all right, next question. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, you know, it, it has been difficult at yeah. times, for sure. I would, I would say the week of, of uh, the protests that, that got really out of hand and turned into riots, um, and then some smaller-scale events that happened throughout that week were, were quite... They were just physically tiring, you know, right. because I worked, I think, about 80 hours that week. Wow. Um, and so and, and they were very emotionally charged. It wasn't yeah. your normal day at the office, so to speak. Um, so there was a physical fatigue, and then just... I mean, I, I, I mean, somewhat traumatic, some of the vulgar threats that you had yeah. yelled in your ear for hours on end and very specific details of, you know, threats of violence to you and your family were, um, you know, though cognitively I knew were very unlikely to occur. I mean, that does affect you. And so yeah. I think in the weeks immediately following, um, I felt irritable and, and just angry and I wasn't really mm. sure at what, mm. um, Specific, well, I mean, there were some specifics, but uh, I think um, as time went on, the dust began to settle and I began to try to sort things out, even on an emotional and spiritual level. Um, 
I think what I've, you know, kind of, kind of big revelation, right? We live in a very broken, fallen world, and all human institutions are broken, and um, nothing is perfect. Um, law enforcement isn't either. It's it's not. Um, mm. uh, but I don't think it's any more or less broken than any other human institution mm. that we see around us. It just has its own unique challenges and yeah. some own, you know, the uh, you know, dilemmas that maybe are not, that are maybe unique to the field of law enforcement. Right. But I don't think it's any more or less, you know, yeah. touched by the fall than anything else around us. And, and I, I think, yeah. you know, no big revelation, but, but internalizing that, uh, on a you know personal level, it was helpful. Yeah. yeah. On the positive side, was there any like doctrinal truth or scripture that you really grabbed hold of that sort of was a, a buoy for you? Well, certainly, you know, certainly some of the Psalms. Um, yeah, I mean, even just the uh, well, you know, Psalm two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, the nation's, nation's raging, raging and just yeah. this you know tumultuous you know scene in the first several verses. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So that's been going on for a long time, right? Yeah, right <laughs> and yeah. it's going on now. Right. Uh, so Psalm 2 was just one that was, was good, but yet, you know, God has um, given us his anointed and, right. and mm-hmm. really uh, having to wrestle with and, and, and acknowledge the anointing of Jesus is still true during the upheaval that I am personally experiencing mm. and that it's not really unique to our time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I'm sure you won't mind me sharing this, but one of the most things that, uh, you know, as we were walking through this, we're walking through this with you mm-hmm. and just the phone call that you gave yeah. me in the middle of the riots, you know, you had to go in later that day and just want to say, Hey, you know, as, as my pastor, I just, you know, if I die, can you make sure my family is taken care of? And that was like one of the most real moments for me walking through this. And it just reminded me of the gravity of the situation and and what was happening. And, Mm -hmm. um, it just reminded me too of, of the care that we have Mm -hmm. for one another. And, um, you know, that's part of what brought you to police work and uh, part of what yeah, I think we as a community, as we're following Jesus with Christ Church, that's what we want to emphasize is that we all have this different path, but we are together and seeking to follow mm-hmm. Jesus into sometimes dangerous places that, that he brings us. Unexpected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unexpected yeah. dangers. I remember that phone call. I wasn't, uh, wasn't that I was overly paranoid about it but there had been a lot of chatter that um uh, agencies around here had been monitoring that it was right it was a kill a cop rally that they were right. you know so, yeah well yeah. you know hey <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so uh, yeah one one specific experience that stands out during that whole week was um i was on a special unit with uh, bikes that was able to move throughout the city and check on you know, different suspicious things or, hey, someone was seen with a, with a gun on this corner. Could, a, you know, one of the bike teams go check this out? Or, you know, that was happening throughout mm-hmm. the, the, the week. And at one point we were taking a break and there was a small group of 
uh, well, I mean, I'd say a decent-sized group of, of protesters chanting um, some slogan, and uh, around the corner, all of a sudden, we we hear a gunshot, and it was it was right around the corner from where we were, and then immediately on our uh, channel on the radio, dispatch advised that there was a male subject that had just fired around right where we were. And was there a unit that could go deal with that? And we're like, well, I guess that's us, right. you know. Right. And and yeah. uh, it turned out there was another uh, team of officers that was able to um, deal with it. It was even closer, and they had eyes on him, and they were able to take him into custody without incident, which was good because we right. we were all anticipating, yeah. you know. And 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 you know, simultaneously there was a, a protest going on, and, and no one ever knew about that. I mean, that doesn't make headlines. That doesn't right. go on the news. That protesters don't know. It's just right. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do think that this is helpful. Again, a part of it is helpful just for me, and if I know if it's helpful for me, it's it's bound to be helpful for other people as well as we think about perspectives and how we all are like Andrew was saying trying to walk and follow Jesus um, you know in our particular sliver of, of Grand Rapids in West Michigan at Christ Church and you know I just appreciate your perspective on all this and you know hopefully there's little kids out there that think I can go be a missionary and then sign up for the police force later in life but <laughs> yeah just you right. know just to really do it yeah I mean in a year that has been challenging that we've all had to adapt to you know that you're willing to sit here and talk to us with some of these things and walk through what your experience has Mm -hmm. been and and how you've remained faithful in the lord and and really making strides to 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 live out the gospel and your calling hopefully it's encouraging for people to hear um certainly has been encouraging for me and i appreciate Mm -hmm. what you're doing no thanks your faithfulness to it thanks so I really appreciated what you shared with me earlier, um, just about some of the interactions that you've had with the community in the last little bit. We know that tensions have been high. There's been a surge in violent crime, all of that. But at the same time, you've also received a lot of encouragement, words of support from different people in the communities. Uh, you want to share a little bit about some of that? Yeah, you know, that that has actually been very encouraging. I, I think uh, my experience hasn't been necessarily unique either. I've, I've heard several other uh, folks that I work with say the same thing. But, yeah, I would say over the last maybe two months, I've had uh, more than normal people from all different communities, I would say, and, and no doubt different political persuasions, which, you know, ac- across the spectrum, uh, come up to me and, and thank me for... Uh, for the service and acknowledging that it's a difficult time for um, those in police departments across the country. I had a Hispanic lady just the other day approach me when I was in a parking lot finishing up with another situation and she um, told me where she lived and um, and said, hey, my family and I are praying for you and, and uh, um, you know, she would certainly you'd be in an area that would have uh, plenty, of, plenty of police uh, calls to it. Uh, but it was just very encouraging. So mm. yeah. that's good. Just a bit of you know hope and encouragement as we think about this whole conversation and the narrative of it, and and just really encouraged by that. And there's certainly a lot of things we can continue to pray for you and the folks that you work with, right, and mm-hmm. your family, and absolutely. Yeah. So I think let's just go ahead and do that and yeah, pray well, for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Father, we're thankful for uh, the way that you have called David uh, into this line of work and the way in which you've equipped him to do what he is doing. Uh, we know that uh, you, you knew exactly where he would be in, in 2020 and beyond and, and had given him uh, everything he needed uh, to, to be for this ready for this situation, even if he doesn't feel that way sometimes. And it's true for all of us. So we just want to lift up him and his family and ask that you would protect them through this time as, as things, as we've mentioned, have been, uh, tension has been high, but yet there's also been hope and, and good um, good insights into how people are viewing these uh, particular situations. And we just pray that you would continue to work your uh, good news into their lives and his calling as a police officer. We pray for his squad and, and the folks that he works with, that you would also be with them, help them to see uh, the good news of who Jesus is in their life, whether that's through David or through other ways. And we just pray that you would um, be at work in, in all of our police officers and first responders here in Grand Rapids and Wyoming and the different surrounding areas, helping them to, to, to live lives that protect and serve and, and really help communities to flourish. And then also on the other end, those of us that are, are in these communities, help us to have charitable and loving perspectives towards the officers that we see. Help us to be praying for them, caring for them, encouraging them when we see them. Uh, knowing that their job is very nuanced and very difficult and has lots of challenges like all of our lives do. Lord, we know you're working through all of this and we trust in you. We're walking with Jesus through this and, and following him because we know that that is what you have called and put in front of us, called for us. So Lord, we lift all this up to you. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We're glad you checked us out. If you want more from Christchurch, you can find us at our website. It's ChristchurchGR.org. That's ChristchurchGR.org. While you're there, check out the Staying Connected During COVID-19 page for more resources, our home worship guide, the latest podcast, and other ways to stay connected. You can find this podcast on many of your regular podcasting apps, or that is through Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store. If you enjoyed this content, please consider giving us a rating and a review. Also, sharing this episode with a friend or family member is a great way to keep them connected. We're so glad you checked in. We'll see you next time.